Life Audio. Hey everyone, welcome back to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice, and I am just so glad that you're here. Glad that you're here with us as we walk week by week through passages of Scripture that really we're asking the question, God help us discover you, experience you, help us to know you in our daily lives, in the, the things that we're all faced with day-to-day, whether that's pressure at work or wondering about your purpose or trying to find God's peace, really wanting to soak in the joy of the Lord, whatever that is for you today, that's what God's Word is here for. It's not just static words on a page written to an ancient audience. It is God's alive and active Word that actually reads into our lives, that speaks into our lives, that is relevant to our lives. But let's be honest, sometimes that relevance is a little hard to come by. We have to do a little bit of work to get there. And that's what we do here week by week. We're really asking the question, how do I understand what this means? What are the principles here that I can learn about God, about myself, about the interaction between God and humans? What is there for me? And then how do I actually apply that to my everyday life? So week by week, that's what we're all about here. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com. To join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hey, I just want to give you guys some updates before we get into today's verses. We're going to be talking about what does it mean to pray for others. And I think this is a really important thing to explore because I think we got a lot of baggage maybe around do I how do I pray for people? What do I pray for people? And do I, I feel guilty if I don't pray for people? So we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute. But speaking of praying for people, I know that some of you really are gifted in prayer and you're very committed. You've experienced God's goodness so much in prayer. So I want to ask you guys actually to be in prayer for a project that I have coming up. I have another book releasing in March. The book is called Not What I Signed Up For, and it's based on the life of Joseph, 
There will be a book and a Bible study, as well as a video series that goes with the Bible study that will be produced by our friends at Right Now Media. So I am headed to San Francisco to film that Bible study series. And in some ways, I always really look forward to it. I love, love to teach as live as possible, as as close to being in real life as possible. But on the other hand, it's often fraught with a lot of details, a lot of insecurities, um, oftentimes just getting everything lined up and really, really wanting the Lord to work in my heart and in the words to help those, especially who might be far from God, who may experience this story or maybe in a not what I signed up for season. And this Bible study can be a portal for their healing, for restoration, for understanding God's redemption. So I feel the weight of that, really, really wanting God to be glorified in this process and in this work. So I would love for you to pray with me, if you would, pray for that week in San Francisco for those Bible study episodes that we're going to film for the book, generally, the book project, which, you know, you guys will hear much more about as we get closer to launch. But this is kind of the final piece of a very long kind of couple year long project. And I'm just praying to have peace and joy and to trust the Spirit of God to speak through me. So would love for you to join me in praying that way. It would mean a lot. And hey, if you want to stay up to, you know, stay up to date, stay in touch with stuff that's going on around the ministry, you can just go to NicoleEunis.com slash Real Talk, R-E-A-L Talk. That is our weekly newsletter sign up. And I always give everyone there like, you know, updates on personal updates, personal life stuff, and as well as ways to encourage you in your own life, both spiritually, relationally, your leadership, your influence. We talk about all that stuff over on the email. So go check it out. Okay, you guys, that's enough intro. Let's get into our Bible study for today. So as I've told you guys, we are walking through ways to pray and these complicated emotions, complicated circumstances that we might find ourselves in where we wonder, how do I pray? And as you know, from the beginning of this series, I really wanted to set this series up to say, hey, guys, if you find yourself in a place where you need the Bible, you're not sure where to go, you've got an issue or a circumstance and you want to figure that out, I just built this little series for us out of the back of my concordance, which is the back of your Bible. If you have a study Bible, it's going to have a index listed by word, and there's going to be, you know, places you could go if you want to read about love, if you want to read about praise. You know, I'm on the page right now where there's practices, powerful, possessions, you know, you can kind of find something back there and use that to build out a little bit of a study. So, what we've been doing in this series is is bouncing around a couple of different places. So what I asked today, the question I asked myself in preparing today was, what does it mean to pray for other people and how do I pray for other people? And I didn't want to just go with like what I vaguely know, you know, from church or vaguely know from childhood Sunday school. I want to know like, what does the Bible actually say about praying for people. And more specifically, I wanted to start with what does Jesus actually say about praying for people? And then what can we distill from that and sort of take from that and understand what that means for the way we pray today, for whatever that situation is. So what I want you to do, and and I know that you have people in your life that you love deeply. I know you have people in your life that bother you deeply. Either they're causing you pain because of the way they're living their life or they're causing you pain like actively. We all have relationships like that. So I want you to bring a relationship to mind right now 
And I want you to ask the question to yourself, how do I pray for this person? (laughs) What's funny about talking about this is that I feel like if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times what we want to pray for people is, Lord, make this person do what I want them to do. (laughs) Lord, Lord, make this person get in line. Lord, make this person stop bothering me. Lord, make this person that I love, you know, seek your heart more, you know. It's just very, very common when you love people, when you're in people's life, you 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 want things for them, right? You want them to stop playing around with their life or you want them to stop messing around with your life or whatever that thing is. And we we generally have these desires because that's that's what relationships are, right? Like, I mean, relationships are places where the the sphere of my life intersects with the sphere of your life which means that there's ways that that sphere, you know, brings me gratitude and blessing because of what you may offer me or what I may offer you. But also as we bump into each other, the sin in our life bumps into each other. And so we feel that as well. So if you're honest with yourself, you probably are in one of those camps, right? So with all that in mind, keep the relationship in mind. Let's go to scripture and see what it says. We're going to look at Three passages in Scripture, um, very familiar probably to most of you. We talked about them on the on this um, podcast before. So, the first one is Matthew five forty four. Okay, so this is in Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, and I call this category: How do you pray for people that bother you? And here's what it says: You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Okay, so what's the backstory here? Well, Jesus is taking a uh, truth, right? Like a, a truth that was being taught in the Jewish faith, in the Jewish tradition. That You know, there's a lot in the Jewish tradition that rabbis themselves would sort of interpret the law and give updates, sort of relevant updates, sort of like the pastors of the day of what this means. And they would codify these ideas of, hey, when God said this— this is what it really means. So I would, for instance, go to my rabbi and say, but rabbi, um, God says to love my neighbor. What about the person who steals from me? And then the rabbi would interpret scripture and give me sort of a new principle, right? So there would be this principle that was out there, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And Jesus is turning those principles on their head. And he does this all through Matthew chapter five. He's like, hey, this is the thing that you think makes you loving and perfect, but actually This is what it means to apply the law of God, to apply the love of God. And we know that all through this, we're seeing that Jesus is building an ethic. We've talked about this on the podcast. He's building an ethic that none of us can live up to. And that's kind of the point. The whole point is this is what righteousness actually looks like. You're not going to achieve it on your own. You're not going to be perfect at doing these things. But this is what we strive for when we are following Jesus, this kind of love. So that's the backstory there. So if we think about what does this mean, if we're just going to say, okay, what's the principle here? Well, the principle is not far away from us because it's a command. And the command is pray for those who persecute you. And, you know, and persecute is a strong word. Obviously, I like to sort of also say bother because bothering is like mini persecution. That's like JV persecution. It's just I may not be actively, aggressively being oppressed by someone, but they are causing me pain of some kind. And what Jesus says is the principle here is that you're praying for those people. So we, we pray for people that bother you, that bother us. So if you've got a relationship right now that's bothering you, the command of Jesus is that you are praying for that person. And it says in this way, when you are doing this, 
you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. Like he's like, this is what it really means to follow me. It's not just about loving the people who are easy to love. It's about loving the people who are hard to love. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. The second thing I want to talk about is what about people that we do love, people in our life that we love, that we're committed to, that we care about, that we want to pray for. And let's take a look at what Jesus says about those people. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Again, very familiar. But when Jesus says this is how you should pray, this is not what you should pray. Like you don't have to pray these exact words, but this spirit, this framework is how you should pray. We can then apply this to the people that we love. The things that we desire when we pray to God are the things that we can desire for the people that we love. So I can pray, Lord, let your kingdom come in this person's life that I love. Let your will be done in this person's life that I love. And I may I may think about the spheres that that person's in, whether that person's my child or a friend or a coworker. I may think about that sphere. So let's say I'm praying for one of my coworkers. I might pray, Lord, your kingdom come in Caleb's life. Your will be done in his life, in his family, in his marriage, in his children, Lord, in his work. I can actually sort of play out this framework in the way that I pray for someone, it gives me those those sort of boundaries around ways that I can pray, ways I can confidently pray, right? And then I can also pray that for provision for my the person that I love. Give us give give my friend Caleb today our daily bread. You know, give him his daily bread, give him provision. So those are examples of how we could pray for someone that we love. What can we confidently pray for? We can confidently pray that God's kingdom would come, that his will would be done in that person's life. And then finally, we're going to look at John chapter 17. This is near the end of Jesus' life. He's talking to his disciples. He's praying 
for his disciples in in a way that, you know, he's in front of them. They can hear him praying to his heavenly father. So we get this example of the way that Jesus himself prays for other people. And this is what he says. I'm going to read you the NIV version first, John 17, 20 through 23. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So right now he's talking about the disciples. And as he prays to God, he's saying, I'm not just praying for the disciples in front of me. I'm praying for the future disciples. That's you and me. So I pray also for those who would believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Okay, so we've got like, I feel like we need like a picture, right? Like we have like a picture that's getting built for us, a little diagram. And in this diagram, Jesus is talking about his oneness with the Father, right? That there's this complete connection, this oneness between him and the Father, and that those people, those future believers, you and I, would be part of that oneness, that we would be so connected to the Father and the Son through the Spirit that what would happen? That the world may believe in Jesus. Like that's the actual point, right? Verse 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. Okay, so now we're not just talking about Jesus and the Father being one and then us and them. It's also talking about me and you, that me and you would be one. Like me and you, me a follower of Jesus and you a follower of Jesus, wherever you are today. And you and your people, you and the followers of Jesus that are around you, wherever you are today. I in them, this is verse 23, I in them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. So again, this spirit of unity, this spirit of connection, this spirit of being for one another, sacrificing for each other, loving each other, forgiving each other, those things, that oneness, Jesus says, is the way the world will know who he is. (laughs) Like, that's crazy. If you think about it, like, it's like, oh my gosh, Jesus, you're putting that on our shoulders, like the way that we love each other. Ooh, that is a high call, is it not? And if you're like me, your mind might go to all of the places that there's fracture and division and vitriol and hate, even in the church right now. And yet here is Jesus saying, the most important thing you can hear from me is that the way the world will know who I am, the way the world will know that God has sent me, is the way you love each other into unity. Like, that is the point. Now, this is a little bit of a thick passage. Like, it just is a little confusing when you're reading it. So I'm going to read it to you one more time. This time, I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation. I love the New Living Translation. Um, These are my go-to translations. New Living Translation is going to be translated thought for thought instead of word for word. So they're, they're kind of breaking it down for us a little bit more to make it easier to understand. So let's read John again in the New Living Translation. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. We got that. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so what? That the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity 
that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Beautiful. That is what we're called to. So when we talk about praying for others, prayer for others may be most effective in a different direction than my natural inclination. Remember at the beginning of the podcast, I said, think about someone, think about a relationship, think about what you want to pray for them. But what we read in scripture here is some ways to pray, some ways to ask that may not be what we wouldn't originally think about, right? But I do think what God calls us to, I'm going to give you four application points, okay, for your prayer life, uh, four things this can mean as we wrap up today. First is this, we can pray confidently. If we are praying in the direction that God has called us to pray, you can pray with confidence. Don't pray with insecurity. Don't pray with like, oh, I hope this happens. Like, ask God. <laughs> pray specifically for other people. Pray for specific things in their life. Pray confidently and pray specifically. Thirdly, pray gratefully. Bring God your thanks. Bring God your praise. Don't just list out a laundry list of things. Come to God with praise and gratefulness because when you do, your heart is healed. Your heart is open. You're able to hear from God. We can do that in his presence. You can thank God for the people who bother you. You can thank God for the people that you love. You can thank God for what you know he is already going to do in someone's life. And finally, you always, always can pray for unity. You can pray for God's glory. You can pray for God's sovereignty. Those are things that we are clearly called in Scripture to do. Prayer is not just asking. Prayer is coming to God with a framework that says, you know what, even in my mind's eye, if you can't even find the words to say, you can imagine bringing people that you need to bring to God. You can just imagine walking with them into God's presence. You don't even have to say words. You can just make space to say, I am bringing these people. You can do it even right now. You can close your eyes and you can imagine, you know what, Lord, I don't know exactly what to say, but my heart, this this person's on my heart, this person's on my mind, and I'm going to bring them before you right now. The person on my heart and mind right now is Chanel, someone I met this week, and I'm just going to bring her before you, God. Whether it's a person that's bothering you, a person that you love, a person that feels far from God, whatever it is, I want you to imagine getting the chance to hold that person's hand and walk them into the throne room of God. And you don't even have to say anything. That alone, God, the Spirit of God is at work in that. And God is delighted that you love his people. And that's what we're doing when we make space to bring others before God. Andrew Murray said this, prayer is not asking. It is a longing of the soul. It is a daily admission of one's weakness. It is better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without a heart. All right, everyone, I want you to take that one person, take one day at a time. I want to ask you, pray for that person every day for one week and see what God does in your heart and in their life. Amen. Amen. See you next week. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.